Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. It's Thursday, June 2nd. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Famed writer Dr. Oliver Sacks came out as a gay man shortly before he died in 2015. Now, two longtime friends have written an opera that deals frankly with his identity. The fact that he came out meant that we could really write about him as we knew him. Coming up, St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin talks with the creators of a new opera based on Sacks' book, Awakenings. Also, we'll tell you why today is a big deal at St. Louis Public Radio. Public health measures could be returning to St. Louis as the city addresses increasing coronavirus cases, positivity rates, and hospitalizations. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention now classifies St. Louis as a high-risk region and recommends people wear masks indoors regardless of vaccination status. It also says high-risk individuals should consider canceling non-essential activities. City Health Director Dr. Maddie Schlashwayo-Davis says she might recommend bringing back a face-covering order. If I have a mask mandate, half the city hates me. And if I don't have a mask mandate, half the city hates me. That's okay, because I'm still going to do my job. She says the city's health and education workers have frequently been the target of lawsuits and abuse for enforcing mandates. As city officials contemplate how to deal with increasing coronavirus cases, there is also a COVID-19 spike in St. Louis County. The county's Department of Public Health is reporting an average of 366 new cases a day, That's roughly a 10% increase from last week. Officials continue to recommend getting vaccinated, boosted, and wearing masks in public indoor places to curb the spread of COVID-19. Metro East abortion providers say clinics will need more nurses and doctors to meet an expected increase in patients. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports officials are expecting thousands of abortion patients traveling from other states. Illinois lawmakers have passed a law that lets nurse practitioners perform surgical in-clinic abortions, but the state has not updated its regulations to reflect that legislation. Providers are lobbying regulators to amend those rules as the U.S. Supreme Court is set to overturn Roe v. Wade. Nearby states are expected to curtail abortion access once the high court makes its decision. Hannah Dismer is a social worker at the Hope Clinic for Women in Granite City. They say some clinics have physicians travel in from other states. I'm talking about flying from California to Illinois, from flying from any, you know, a friendly state to a not friendly state. And that's how a lot of clinics have to operate because of the shortage of providers. Illinois nurse practitioners can already dispense medications that induce abortion. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. St. Louis is asking for help from residents to ensure city agencies are addressing concerns of the LGBTQ community. Mayor Tashara Jones has signed an executive order creating an advisory board. The nine members will meet quarterly. They will be tasked in the first year with creating a report on the state of the community when it comes to quality of life and access to services. Dr. Oliver Sacks received worldwide acclaim for writing about people with neurological disorders. That includes his book, Awakenings, which was made into a film in 1990. For the first time, an adaptation of Sacks' work will depict him accurately as a gay man. An opera based on Awakenings premieres at Opera Theatre of St. Louis this weekend. As St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin reports, it was written by two of Sacks' longtime friends 
who finally feel free to tell his full story. Oliver Sacks published more than a dozen books about patients with rare conditions, like musical hallucinations or the inability to recognize faces. But it wasn't until his memoir rushed to the presses months before he died from cancer in 2015 that he shared with the public something he'd kept private since childhood. He was gay. Because he did that, I think it really made it possible for me to write this opera. That's composer Tobias Picker, a friend of Sachs. The fact that he came out meant that I could really write, we could really write about him as we knew him. In a sense, Picker is returning the favor. Sachs wrote about him, theorizing about a connection between Picker's Tourette syndrome and his composition style. When Sachs published Awakenings in 1973, he was still 42 years away from coming out. Now, Picker says he can portray his friend the way he wanted to be seen. He wanted the world to know who he really was as much as possible. That, That became integral to telling the story. I am no longer the man I was, but I have not truly awakened yet. Awakenings depict Sachs' treatment of patients with encephalitis lethargia. They had basically been asleep for years. He gave them a Parkinson's drug, and they started to wake up. Here's a scene from a workshop performance in 2019. A patient talks for the first time in decades to the surprise of his mother. My son is talking. My son is standing. Dr. Sachs, I am glad you chose me to receive your magic potion. The opera augments the real-life story by including a triangle of unrequited love among Sachs, a fellow doctor, and a patient, all men. It also includes a flashback to something Sachs described in his memoir. When he was a teenager, his mother learned he was gay and was enraged. She called him a, well, here are the exact words. Tobias Picker thinks her rejection is key to understanding Sachs, why he had such great empathy for patients whose conditions made them outsiders. To help tell the story, Picker turned to his husband, also a friend of Sachs. Arie Lev Stolman is a novelist who had never written a libretto, but he had another qualification. As a physician interested in neurological disorders, I just felt that was something I could do. Stolman's day job is as a neuroradiologist at Mount Sinai Hospital in New York. Like Sachs, he's an expert in ailments of the brain. And like Sachs, he grew up in a family of Orthodox Jews and wrestled with whether and when to come out. I think as a gay man, I also had a struggle with, you know, how I'm going to live my life. Am I going to pretend my whole life or have a life that's filled with love, which I have? So to me, it is actually a very personal aspect of this story. The continued persecution of LGBTQ people means that leaving the closet can still be a scary proposition. Baritone Jared Porter plays sax. I guess in my generation, I felt late to coming out as a gay man. I just turned 29, so I understand that that's very different than Oliver, who came out when he was in his 80s. But I certainly understand that struggle. Perhaps one day, when I've lived long, 
Oliver Sacks did find love. For the last six years of his life, he was in his first real relationship, a happy match with the writer Bill Hayes. Sachs, the great storyteller, finally devised a happy ending for himself. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, St. Louis Public Radio. Our David Casares edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. Before wrapping up, guess who turns 50 today? This is 90.7 KWMU, your station for in-depth news, intelligent talk, and great weekend entertainment. Yep, KWMU, now known as St. Louis Public Radio, officially hit the airwaves on this day in 1972. The station signed on mostly with classical music along with some jazz on Friday and Saturday nights. Mary Edwards walked into the studios in the basement of Lucas Hall at the University of Missouri-St. Louis in 1974. I was asked to program a classical music show for the then student staff. thought it would be a summer job and I would get a teaching job in the fall, and I'm still here. Edwards says the station would not exist without a former deputy to the chancellor at OMSL. It was the dream of Don Dremeyer. He could see how having a non-commercial, high-quality station would really benefit the university and provide a service to the St. Louis public. The station's role in the community would continue to evolve, with information always being a key element, including the weather. Partly cloudy on Monday, the high in the low 80s, and increasing clouds on Tuesday, again the high in the low 80s. From St. Louis University, I'm meteorologist Ben Abel. A familiar voice to many, Ben was a forecaster for the station from 1972 until his retirement in 2007. Another well-known voice over the years came from Tim Emmons. He was program director when a big story hit in the 90s. You've listened to 90.7 KWMU for in-depth news about the flood of 93. About 70 pumps are operating 24 hours a day to try to keep the... KWMU, your station for in-depth news and intelligent talk. Programming actually started shifting to a mostly news and talk format in 96, and the changes did not stop there. The station launched an award-winning journalism website. HD technology was adopted in 2006. Classical and jazz streams soon followed. The now familiar St. Louis Public Radio branding came along in 2009. The station moved into its current Grand Center home in 2012. And there were deals for frequencies in Quincy and Rolla. St. Louis Public Radio became the broadcast home for many over the years. And at least one proved you can go home again. This is NPR's Weekend Edition Saturday on 90.7 KWMU. It's That's Rod Milam in 1999. This is St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. And that's we Rod on our airwaves last KWMU Friday. He went exploring for a few years before finding his way back. So when you think about it, Rod's journey is kind of like the St. Louis public radio story, keeping a connection to the past while evolving with the times. It's been the recipe for the past 50 years and the blueprint for the next half century. We have more about the station's history at stlpr.org 50. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way.
Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.